tonight, an alleged cockfighting ring is busted in Surrey. The story you'll only see on Global BC+. Plus. Fighting for freedom! At least one person is arrested as pro-democracy and pro-Beijing demonstrators clash in Richmond today. And... They won't go for dinner, sometimes they won't shower, they won't, you know, like it's actual addiction. And it takes over their lives. The proposed Canadian class action lawsuit that says the video game Fortnite should come with a serious warning. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening, thanks for joining us. We begin tonight with a story about a cruel and inhumane blood sport. Today, the BCSPCA carried out a raid on a rural property in Surrey, executing warrants to bust an alleged cockfighting ring. Catherine Urquhart has the story you'll only see here on Global News. At a rural property in Surrey, numerous peace officers with the SPCA, assisted by the RCMP, they descended on the farm early Saturday amid some disturbing allegations. The SPCA is being very cautious about what they reveal on this file. However, they are confirming what Global News has been told from other sources, that they're investigating allegations of cockfighting. Cockfighting is a brutal blood sport in which roosters fight each other to death. It's illegal in Canada. This video taken in Dominica. When it came time for the actual matches, then these birds would have blades attached to their spurs. These blades are sharp, are razor sharp, and have a tendency to slash and stab at the other birds. In 2008, 1,400 birds were seized and five BC men faced animal cruelty charges after the SPCA raided a Cloverdale property, scene of the largest cockfighting operation ever discovered in Canada. We had no choice but to destroy the birds. It angers me that all these birds had to lose their lives in the name of sports or a game. Back in Surrey, it remains unclear how many animals may have been seized or whether animal cruelty charges will be laid, a charge that carries a maximum penalty of five years in jail. Catherine Urquhart, Global News, Surrey. The family of a Maple Ridge man killed in a police-involved shooting nearly two months ago is still looking for answers into the tragedy. Today, a demonstration was held calling for justice for Jaw Din. Jill Bennett reports. Police brutality! Shut it down! Supporters of the Din family are here to rally with them as they once again call for justice. 54-year-old John Din was in the home he shared with his family in August. His sister called 911, saying she was worried he'd stop taking his schizophrenia medication. I called 911 because I want my brother to get to the hospital. She says two Ridge Meadows RCMP officers responded, but her brother decided he didn't want to go. Then two more officers arrived. Din says they insisted on going into her brother's bedroom where he was sitting down and not armed. Please don't shoot my brother, I told them. He's not violent, he's not armed, you know, he's just sitting there quietly. She says John Din was then shot three times and killed. It's unclear if he threw something at the wall causing this dent. That's part of the ongoing investigation by BC's police watchdog, the IIO. Our family have a broken heart. 
So that's why we need this for our brother, Jonai. I want the public to know the truth, what happened to my brother. That kind of police officer need to stop performing as a police officer in the community. Those at the rally say this is not an isolated incident, but one that proves changes are needed. And when we're looking forward to stop this sort of thing from happening again, what we really need to do to protect people's lives is to disentangle police from mental health responses. Justice for! It's not known when the IIO investigation into this police-involved shooting will be complete or if charges will be recommended. Jill Bennett, Global News. A man has been arrested after a woman was found dead in a Surrey home. Police were called to a home on 122nd Street near Highway 10 in Newton just after 4.30 yesterday afternoon. A woman's body was found inside and a man was arrested at the scene. Police believe the two knew each other and it does not appear to be gang-related. There's been a serious car crash in Surrey and police say at least one person may not survive. It happened at the intersection of 133rd and Old Yale Road just after 8 o'clock last night. A Mercedes rear-ended another vehicle at a high rate of speed. According to police, the driver of the Mercedes fled the scene on foot. Two people have been taken to hospital with serious and potentially life-threatening injuries. Crowds of people were held back from the Kelowna waterfront yesterday during a tense situation. Over the course of several hours, an armed standoff with police unfolded in broad daylight. People watched as guns were drawn and the canine team was called in. Jules Knox takes a closer look at what went down. A line of officers guarding a knife-wielding man. The tense scene unfolding Friday afternoon just after 1 o'clock in a busy area near the sails in downtown Kelowna. The man isolating himself on the waterfront marina. Police with their weapons drawn as the man makes demands. Get a news crew here. Crisis negotiators called to the scene. RCMP asking Global Okanagan's cameraman to come closer. So I'm going to bring it to here. But always making sure that he was safe out of harm's way. Over the course of two hours, lighting a cigarette and talking on the phone, throngs of people held back from the scene by yellow tape. The standoff finally coming to a head when the man appears to put down his knife. The bang, believed to be a rubber bullet, the man rushed by a police dog and tackled to the ground, surrounded by half a dozen officers. The suspect taken into custody, police saying he would receive any required medical treatment. As for his state of mind... Right now that's just speculation. We're going to have to actually speak with the male at length and, and determine what, uh, what his purpose being here today was. Police say there was a large concern for public safety throughout the standoff due to the high traffic nature of the area. I'd say our officers did an, an incredible job at uh, de-escalating the situation and, and uh, taking him into custody safely. The suspect's identity has not been released. Police say the investigation is ongoing, but he could face possible charges. Jules Knox, Global News, Kelowna. A $50,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of Brandon Texera 
will stand until 2020. The 28-year-old is charged with first-degree murder in connection with the October 2017 shooting death of Nicholas Cabra in Surrey. Tekshera was last seen on surveillance video at a Langley liquor store in September 2018, but has since eluded investigators. Last April, police warned delivery drivers that Tekshera could be ordering food from Skip the Dishes. IHIT says their search for Tekshera will not stop until he's found. RCMP and Souk are looking for the suspect in a sex assault last Sunday afternoon. A woman was walking on Sun River Way near Phillips Road when she noticed a stranger following her. She ran into the same man on a path in the Souk River. Police say the man produced a weapon and sexually assaulted the woman. She fought back and managed to escape, reporting the incident days later. The suspect is described as a tanned or white or dark-skinned man, approximately 5 feet 10 inches tall, up to 200 pounds with an average build. He had short to medium length, dark, untidy hair, a full dark beard, yellowing teeth and brown eyes. The suspect was wearing dark blue jeans, a dark hoodie with no drawstring and running shoes. Anyone with information or video surveillance is asked to contact Souk RCMP. University RCMP say they're still investigating allegations that several UBC students may have been drugged at a fraternity party last weekend. A complaint was initially made through social media. Police now say they've spoken with witnesses, adding the incident and allegations are criminal in nature. Investigators still want to speak with any other possible victims and witnesses. You're asked to call Crime Stoppers or the University Detachment. She's been fired by the Conservative Party, but Heather Leung is apparently not giving up her campaign. Because these homosexual people, they cannot reproduce the next generation. They recruit more people and more people into their camp. That's the video shot in 2011 by the Burnaby Now newspaper that cost Leung the Conservative nomination in Burnaby North Seymour. While the party has dumped her, her campaign manager tells Global News she's still running, though we couldn't find her. We are going to try very hard to um, increase our visibility among the public and to enhance our media availability. Um, we've had some problems, frankly, with national headquarters constraining our media ability. And at this point, we just want to make sure Heather can know, uh, people can know what Heather is about. And we're going to try and be as accessible as possible. Since the ballots have already been printed, Leung will still be listed as a conservative on Election Day, but the party disavows her. She'll receive no support, and if she does win, she will not sit as a conservative. Leader Andrew Scheer won't say how she became a candidate in the first place. Well, as you know, uh, the, uh, the candidate has been fired from our campaign. I'm just going to go down here. Thanks very much. Are you confident in your voting process? We're going down this way. This way? Mr. Sheer, are you confident in your voting process? Uh, yeah. How so? Mr. Sheer, we don't consider that. Well, as you know, we uh, we we ask our candidates to be uh, open and forthcoming, and when we are when we become aware of things that uh, are inappropriate, then uh, we take appropriate action. Green Party leader Elizabeth May is vowing action to end the, quote, colonial oppression of Indigenous people. That includes providing those communities with a means to opt out of the Indian Act. May, who appeared alongside two Indigenous Green Party candidates on Vancouver Island, says she's committed to reintroducing legislation to enshrine the United Nations Declaration of Rights of Indigenous Peoples. 
Canada was one of four countries that voted against the UN declaration when it was adopted in 20, 2007. And the federal government reversed its objection in 2016. May says any progress in Canada must be grounded in changing the relationship with Indigenous people. But the burden of the work lies on settler culture Canadians, because whether it, was, it wasn't us personally, but it's our society, our colonial oppressive structures that stand in the way of an Indigenous child having the same opportunities as a settler culture child. That has to end. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh is also focused on the plight of Canada's Indigenous communities while campaigning in Ontario today. Singh meeting with members of the Northern Ontario community of Grassy Narrows. For decades, the community has been dealing with a water supply contaminated with mercury. Singh says he would ensure Grassy Narrows and every Indigenous community has clean drinking water. I believe that there is no excuse in 2019 with the wealth that we have as a nation, with the technology we have as a country, that we cannot clean this water, ensure that all communities have clean drinking water. I do not accept any excuses. I'm committing to do whatever it takes to get it done. Singh's plan comes with a $1.8 billion price tag. He says such a firm commitment is needed to remedy an injustice against Canada's Indigenous communities. The Liberals' Justin Trudeau took a day off the campaign trail. Child advocates in B.C. are using the federal election as an opportunity to highlight the importance of child care funding. Walks called Stroller Brigades for Child Care are being held across the province today, including in Vancouver. Those participating in the walk want to highlight the importance of maintaining the current federal child care funding agreements. They also want to see the province fully implement a $10 a day child care plan and encourage people to vote in the election with early care and learning in mind. There are 575,000 children in BC between 0 and 12, but only about 100,000 licensed childcare spaces. So we know that there are a lot of children um, who need childcare because the vast majority have, have mothers that are in the paid workforce. So we know that we need a lot more spaces in British Columbia, but more than just spaces, we need them to be high quality, we need them to be affordable, and we need to have well-paid staff to work in those childcare programs. After 17 successful years, the Tofino Food and Wine Festival is blaming bureaucracy for killing next year's event. The celebration at the Botanical Gardens put Tofino on the map as a culinary destination and injected $750,000 into the area's tourism economy each year. Organizers say, quote, a terribly ruptured relationship with the provincial liquor and cannabis regulation branch is the main reason they're canceling the 2020 event. They say they felt like an opponent rather than a client or partner when producing this year's festival. The Attorney General's Ministry, which is responsible for the LCRB, says it's generally unable to comment on specific concerns due to privacy and administrative fairness. A Fraser Valley man was hiking last weekend when he was attacked out of nowhere. As Kristen Robinson reports, the assailant approached from behind and flew off with the man's hat. Walking along this trail right here. Shane Cooney hiking the trails in Abbotsford when it happened. I started running about right here. Trying to make it home before dark. And then boom, felt like a rake just hit me in the back. I was bewildered. Um, it was a hard hit. The teacher thought maybe a tree branch had fallen on him until he turned around. And that's where I saw the owl holding my hat in its talons. 
Hey, give me my hat back. When the owl didn't, Cooney gave chase. You took my hat? What are you doing with my hat? What are you doing with my hat? Yeah, Ooh, yeah, Arrgh. The pursuit ending at this tree, claws clutching his hat, and those eyes. At this point, it was just staring at me. Owl attacks are rare. Nearly two decades ago, joggers near Spanish banks also reported losing their hats when the nocturnal birds launched daytime dive bombings, leaving at least one victim with a cut to the scalp. The owl is doing is just essentially learning how to hunt. The basic instincts for the, the owl is to be able to hunt its prey. You come down, hit me. There we go. After a stare down, Cooney was able to shake the tree and free his hat. Chewing on my hat. <laughs> the robbing raptor flew into him two more times. Still a bit of shock that I was caught up in a moment that probably is fairly unusual. Before Cooney realized it was in hunt mode and decided to escape with a few scratches to his head and his hat to cover them. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Hundreds of pro-democracy protesters were back on the streets of Hong Kong today, many of them wearing masks in open defiance of a new government ban on face coverings during political demonstrations. They formed a human chain chanting, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong, and I have the right to wear a mask. Local media reports that in the last two weeks, two, in the last week rather, two teenage protesters were shot and a journalist was permanently blinded in one eye, prompting the United Nations to call for an investigation. The fight in Hong Kong is clearly still dividing many Chinese Canadians. That growing rift was seen again today in Richmond as pro-democracy supporters tried to build another so-called Lenin Wall after an earlier one was torn down by pro-Beijing demonstrators. Paul Johnson has more. In case you were wondering how deeply China's political fault lines cut through Canada, Saturday afternoon at a Richmond mall, the answer was pretty clear. This scuffle is one of many that have broken out in western cities where an older population of immigrants from Hong Kong are clashing with more recent arrivals from mainland China. The particulars of Saturday's disagreement were over this, a so-called Lenin Wall. Inspired by the peace activism of John Lennon, they've resurfaced as democracy activists in Hong Kong have continued their months-long street battles against police there. That's why we're here to rebuild the Lennon Wall, because it represents a peaceful uh, demonstration and represents uh, love. Well, the Lennon Wall is a link to older protest movements, the Hong Kong crisis has now spawned a unique symbol of its own as police there have now banned the wearing of masks in public, activists have taken note and put on masks of their own. All the people here are wearing masks to support them. Supporters of the Communist Party generally say they're worried the democracy movement in Hong Kong threatens to splinter China and undermine the decades of economic progress that have happened under Beijing's one-party rule. The handful that crashed Saturday's rally came with more partisan zeal than organized talking points. What were you here to say? I don't know, sorry, I don't know. With no end in sight to the crisis in Hong Kong, it's a good bet there could be more of this in the cities Chinese Canadians now consider home. In Richmond, 
Paul Johnson, Global News. An inclusive youth soccer team is hoping a sponsor will come forward to save their season. For 12 years, the Blazin' Soccer Dogs have welcomed everyone regardless of abilities. More than 100 kids, including some with autism and Down syndrome, play on the diverse needs team, which rents field space from the Vancouver School Board. This year, the team says it was told it would have to pay liability insurance because they're not officially a nonprofit. They're now searching for a sponsor to help them with the $1,500 annual cost. It's really starting to add up, unfortunately. But I mean, we do not want to charge families because, again, it is very hard for them to uh, work with um, what they have to do during a regular work week. We really need some help. That's all we need. The Vancouver School Board says all renters using its facilities are responsible for carrying their own accident and liability insurance and that it's always had this requirement in place. An unusual rescue for Victoria Animal Control officers yesterday morning. A dog broke through the screen of an open second floor window, ending up on the roof of her Esquimalt home. Pepper, a shepherd husky cross, suffers from anxiety when she's left home alone. Well, fortunately, a neighbor spotted her walking on the roof in distress after her great escape. And once officers got a ladder to her, the dog was leashed and safely carried down from the roof. Good news. A homeless man is accused of randomly bludgeoning and killing four homeless men in New York City's Chinatown early this morning. A fifth homeless man is in critical condition. Police say it appears the man with a metal pipe went on a rampage attacking other people as they slept on the sidewalk. The victims were attacked in three different locations. A 24-year-old suspect was arrested with a metal pipe still in his hands. House Democrats are taking their impeachment inquiry straight to the White House. CBS News has obtained a copy of their subpoena. It demands a long list of documents about President Trump's dealings with Ukraine. The deadline to respond, October 18th. This comes as a possible second whistleblower may come forward. But the radical Democrats are willing to do anything to smear anyone and to lie about everything. The president under pressure as House Democrats hit the White House with a subpoena and demand a slew of documents from Vice President Mike Pence. In a statement, White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham says this subpoena changes nothing and she calls the impeachment inquiry a kangaroo court. China should start an investigation into the Biden. President Trump is claiming that asking foreign governments to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter is not about politics. I don't care about Biden's campaign, but I do care about corruption. The impeachment inquiry centers on a whistleblower report of a phone call in which President Trump asked Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky to investigate the Bidens for corruption. Hunter Biden worked for a Ukrainian energy company while his father was vice president. But there is no evidence of any wrongdoing. Biden is firing back at President Trump. This guy, like all bullies, is a coward. He does not want to run against me. The New York Times now reports that a second intelligence official may come forward with more firsthand knowledge of the president's dealings with Ukraine. You know, when this came out, it was quid pro quo. Well, there was none. President Trump insists he did not withhold $391 million worth of military aid to Ukraine to pressure them to investigate Biden. But text messages provided to Congress this week show his own diplomats thought he did. In one message last month, the top U.S. diplomat to Ukraine, Bill Taylor, wrote, I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign.
Traveling in Greece today, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo downplayed all of it. it. Look, nations do this. Nations work together and they say, boy, goodness gracious, if you can help me with X, we'll help you achieve Y. Right? Don't, don't bother me a lick. Hurricane Dorian caused an estimated $105 million in damage in Atlantic Canada last month, according to the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Dorian made landfall near Halifax on September 7th, causing a crane to collapse, among other things. The Insurance Bureau says Nova Scotia was hardest hit with an estimated $62.2 million in damage, followed by New Brunswick at $22.5 million. The Insurance Bureau says severe, unpredictable weather is becoming more frequent, with insured damage in the last couple of years exceeding $3 billion. A Canadian priest has been elevated to the role of cardinal in a ceremony at the Vatican. Michael Czerny, along with 12 others. He was born in the former Czechoslovakia and raised in Montreal. He's a Jesuit priest, like Francis. Also like the Pope, he's an advocate of migrants and the environment, helping draft the Pope's paper calling for urgent climate action. Czerny served as a priest until Friday when he was installed as a bishop, a stepping stone to becoming a cardinal. At 73, he's one of 10 new cardinals under 80, giving him the right to vote at conclave. In Health Matters tonight, new research reveals sugary drinks may increase your risk of getting type 2 or adult-onset diabetes. The Harvard study tracked the diets of more than 192,000 men and women for more than 20 years. It found that people who increase their consumption of pop or fruit juice by more than four ounces a day, that's half a cup, which is a third of the average of a can, size of a can of soda, were 16% more likely to develop diabetes. But that risk decreased when just one sugary beverage a day was replaced with water, tea, or coffee. And then their kids start playing, start playing, and they become addicted and it's too late. Is the video game Fortnite more addictive than any other? Well, that's the question at the heart of a class action lawsuit two Canadian parents have want launched. We're going to have that for you right after we get the forecast. And uh, Yvonne is here. Welcome back. Thank you. It's been a few weeks. <laughs> and I heard we had some snow. It was a mixed bag. We had everything. A little we bit gone. of everything, yeah. yes. But the good news is we've actually seen some sunshine today. It Yay. brightened up. And the final look at the uh, sunset this evening, we're just catching the last end of it. Sunrise in the morning will be just after 7. Uh, we are seeing temperatures on the cool side with the clear skies for this evening. We're currently sitting at 12 with a southwesterly wind at 6 kilometers per hour. But our overnight low is going to dip down to 8. And we are looking at some fall patches. Wanted to show you this great shot that was sent in from a cranberry bog in Richmond. So Jane, thank you so much. And a heron in the shot there, you can spot it just over the water. Highs today, so we were at 14 degrees. We're closer to the average. It'll bump up slightly as we look in towards our long range, but we've got a couple of cool and wet days and I'll hop the timeline in just a moment. There's our official sunset this evening at 644. Highs across the province today, the peace bumping up to 11 degrees, 16 for areas near Kelowna. Victoria today topping out at 
14 and coastal sections for Prince Rupert up to 13. We're following two different weather systems, one across the northern half of the province, areas near Whitehorse. We've got a snowfall warning. I'll show you those amounts in just a moment. And a significant amount of rain will push in across the north coast. The southern half through the day today, we've had a reek ridge that's built in. It'll be short-lived. And then this next weather maker is going to push in. We can see it on the future cast now, putting it into play. For tomorrow morning, it's going to be dry across Metro Vancouver. We have some fog patches, and then we've got an increase in cloud cover. The northern half of Vancouver Island will start to see that chance of showers as early as the afternoon, similar for Whistler. And then by tomorrow night, across the south coast, Metro Vancouver's will see the bulk of the moisture moving in and continuing to be unsettled for Monday. Most areas across the southern interior will start to see that rainfall moving in on Monday morning. For the piece, 13 as the high. Winds will pick up, gusts of up to 60 kilometers per hour. The potential is there for Monday morning to see rain or snow and then easing off, especially towards the evening. Now, Whitehorse, the snowfall warning is in effect up to 10 centimeters overnight. It'll ease off through the day tomorrow, but there's still a chance to see some flurries. So if you're traveling through that area, especially along the mountain passes, also windy conditions for the afternoon with gusts of up to 40 kilometers per hour. Coastal sections, rainfall, heavy at times 15 and up to 30 millimeters. Most areas for the Caribou and Central Interior, pleasant, partly cloudy, windy for the afternoon with gusts of up to 50 kilometers per hour. Rainfall will be on Monday. That's the blip in the forecast and then rebounding quite quickly on Tuesday. Columbia and Kootenai region, pleasant highs up to 15 degrees. Rain and heavy at times on Monday. Most areas for the Thompson Okanagan, We'll see some morning fog patches with temperatures getting close to the freezing mark. We are also looking at the risk of frost, so keep that in mind. And then by the afternoon, it bumps up to 16 degrees. Whistler, the rain will start to pick up as early as the afternoon tomorrow. Most areas will start to see it along the island by the evening and overnight. Metro Vancouver, our five-day forecast. So we've got a dry start to the morning, rainfall by the evening hours, soggy for a Monday, and then back into some sunshine for our Tuesday onwards. Colleen? Looks good. Thanks so much, Yvonne. If you've played it or have a child who has, you know it can take over your life. The hugely popular video game Fortnite. Well, now two Quebec parents are seeking the right to launch a class action lawsuit against the U.S. makers of the game and its Canadian affiliate based right here in B.C. As Amanda Jelowicki explains, the parents' lawyers are now arguing a warning is urgently needed. It's one of the most popular video games in the world. And some argue Fortnite is also one of the most addictive. People are not aware. And parents, they, they weren't made aware. So they say, oh, great, another video game. And then their kids start playing, start playing, and they become addicted and it's too late. Lawyer Alessandra Esposito-Chartrand's firm is trying to launch a class action lawsuit against Epic Games. She argues psychologists specifically helped create Fortnite to get kids hooked. But she says Epic should have warned users it's highly addictive. In Quebec, with the Consumer Protection Act, there's a duty to inform of the danger of your product that you, that you market. And they, they didn't do that. From the darkest depths of deep space. She's representing the families of two children, 10 and 15, whose lives are unraveling because of Fortnite. They fight with their parents. It becomes unbearable at home. They won't go for dinner. Sometimes they won't shower. They won't, you know, like they, they you become, it's, it's, it's actual addiction. And it takes over their lives. Fortnite's success has sparked a growing global concern over young people and video game addictions. 
Last year, the World Health Organization classified addiction to video games as a mental disease. Alex Kubo understands all too well the power of Fortnite and video games. At one point last year, the 18-year-old was playing up to 12 hours a day. But it is very addicting in the way that you spend hours and hours on it just to get that dopamine rush. Uh, and I noticed it started affecting my life. He realized he needed to give up playing. Less time with your friends, yeah, you socialize less, you're less productive, I find, because you'd rather just play video games. And it's something that's not really like spoken about, but definitely can be very addictive. As for the lawsuit, it could take up to a year for a Quebec judge to decide if it moves forward. Amanda Jellowicki, Global News, Montreal. Holy smoke. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I know. I'm addicted to this thing. <laughs> so I get it. I Screen totally get time. it. Can I just say, we all got the memo to wear navy blue today. Apparently. Or black. Yeah. Nicely matched. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a nice match. I'm, I'm glad you guys read my memos. Nice yeah. to have you here, Chanel. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, a busy, busy night ahead uh, with local sports. Yeah, the uh, Canucks in Calgary uh, tonight for game two. That gets going in about 20 minutes. And then down at BC Place, the Lions uh, keeping their, hoping to keep their playoff hopes alive, taking on the Argonauts. So we'll set up both of those games and look uh, ahead to the Whitecaps final game of the season Ooh. tomorrow afternoon. Oh, yeah. that came up quickly. Yeah. So the Whitecaps season is about to end and and the Canucks season's just beginning. Just ramping up, uh, two games on the road, and then we'll find out on Wednesday who the captain oh. will be in the big ceremony at Rogers Arena. Cool. A betting odds, we'll say both for that. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, I think so too. Thanks, Colleen. Yeah, it is game two of 82 for the Canucks tonight in Calgary. Vancouver coming off an opening night loss to the Oilers Wednesday. Now, the effort was there as the Canucks held Edmonton to just 22 shots, but couldn't stop Connor McDavid late in that one. Just one lineup change tonight. Adam Gaudet draws in while the $6 million man, Louis Erickson, will watch from the press box. Gaudet, who had a solid preseason, will center the third line with Brandon Sutter and Jay Beagle. We'll have highlights uh, tonight on Global News at 11. All right, some highlights from the NHL. Hey, look, this is what Barry does on his vacation. Goes and watches hockey across the country. A buck eight into it, Arturi Lincoln into Max Domi, one nothing for the Habs, but a few minutes later, Austin Matthews, his fourth goal already this season in just his third game, ties the game up at one. Now, before the end of the period, off the turnover, local boy Alex Kerfoot from the slot makes it 2-1, and that's the way it was into the second period. Then on a two-on-one, Trevor Moore sets up with a snapshot. Kerfoot getting a second assist. It is now late in the third, tied at four apiece in that one. WHL scoreboard, a couple of games early. The Vancouver Giants uh, are up 2-0 in Winnipeg. Seattle uh, up 1-0 on Victoria. Two late games, both of them getting underway at 7 o'clock. All right, the BC Lions uh, season is on the line at BC Place tonight. A loss to the Argos, and they are officially eliminated from the playoffs. Now, BC has played well of late. Three straight wins going for number four against a horrible Toronto side with, a, with the worst record in the league at 2-11. and 11. Now, the Lions have uh, to win their final four games starting tonight, while the Eskimos, who lost last night, have to lose their remaining three games in order for BC to get into the postseason. The Lions also doing their part to tackle hunger. Fans are asked to bring a non-perishable food item in support of the Vancouver and Surrey food banks. You can also make a cash donation at the game. All right, some action from the CFL. <laughs> Vernon Adams Jr. back after being suspended last week. Al's hosting Calgary. Stamps leading in the third. Special teams coming through for the Al's. That's Mario Alford 
going 85 yards. That would tie the game up at 17 apiece. Fourth quarter, Al's D coming through. That's uh, 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 former Lion, Loseko Locambo, coming through with the knockdown. Montreal officially is going to the playoffs for the first time in five years. Riders and Bombers. So with Calgary's loss, the winner of this one would take over first in the West. Second half, not much going on in this one, but watch Cody Fajardo getting the first down, going head over heels at the Winnipeg bench. He would be okay. The next play, Fajardo airs one out. It's deflected and then caught by Shaq Evans for 49 yards. No touchdowns in this game. They are late in the fourth quarter. Saskatchewan looks like they're going to win this one. 14-6 is the score right now. Game two, really good over his first Twins, Yankees. That's Randy Dobnak, who was an Uber driver earlier this season. Because of injuries, Minnesota called him up to start in this game. Didn't last long. Two innings, gave up six hits. That's uh, Edwin Encarnacion with a single, brings in one run. And then in the third, Didi Gregarious with a grand slam. The Yankees winning big in this one. 8-2 is your final and they grab a 2-0 lead in the series. Welcome back. Uh, the Whitecaps season will come to a close tomorrow afternoon at BC Place. Vancouver hosting Real Salt Lake. 1 o'clock kickoff. Now, the Caps likely will finish dead last in the West, but they are undefeated in the last three, a couple of wins and a draw. Now, despite missing the playoffs again, the coach hopes this mini-run will carry into the offseason and then into next year. Yeah, 100%. I think that... Um we it's very clear in our heads what we need to do in the off season and that's what's that's right now 80 percent of our job is working outside the field for what's going to happen next we think about how much the fans have supported this team have are passionate about this team and what we have to do so of course that uh, having a series of results like this going towards it's a good positive way to end the season and to to leave something good before we prepare the next offseason. I think that uh, winning the game at home would be just a, a positive way to end up and to, to put to the fans uh, within finishing the season on a good note and uh, and uh, saying thank you to them. And I think with the three points would, uh, would be the perfect uh, perfect solution. All right, Liverpool have won seven straight to start the season unbeaten in 17 league matches. 40th minute, beautiful ball for Sadio Mane. Gets behind the defense, and he makes no mistake. 1-0 Liverpool over Leicester City. 80th minute, James Madison in tight and squeezes it in. Looked like this one would end at one apiece, but in stoppage time, Mark Albrighton sloppy foul on Mane. There is definite contact. James Milner from the spot. No mistake. Liverpool wins 2-1. Extends their lead to eight points over Man City who plays tomorrow in the morning. All right. West Ham taking on Crystal Palace. Second half off the cross. Sebastian Haller with the left footer. Sneaks one past the keeper. 1-0 West Ham. Palace would tie it on a PK then late. Jordan Ayu with the goal, but it's called offside, but they would go to VAR, and on the review, it's ruled a goal. So Palace with a 2-1 controversial win against West Ham. 
Rugby World Cup, Japan taking on Samoa. The Japanese fans in full force for this one. Japan pulled the upset on Ireland earlier, looking to remain perfect. An immense effort by the Japanese in this one. Wouldn't be denied close to the goal line here. Timothy Bafale with the try as he breaks through. Japan takes out Samoa 38-19. The Japanese lead Pool A. They can clinch first with a win over Scotland. England taking on Argentina. I think it's dress-up day for all the fans. England offense struggled in the first half, but late they would get one. Elliot Daly going in for the try. 15-3 English at the break. And then they would pull away in the second. Jack Knoll, he won't be denied as he finds a corner. 39-10 is your final. Canada's next game versus South Africa Tuesday morning. The Canadians are a 57-point underdog it's in that one. Third round of the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open in Las Vegas. Kevin Naw, a 62 Friday, a 20-footer for birdie. Nah, yeah. That's pretty good. Nine birdies for him. And then on 18, he ends with another birdie. Birdie shoots a 61, sets a new tournament record, 54 hole, 22 under par. Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, both shot, uh, both 10 shots back, tied for 21st. Your short game's like that, right? Oh, it's terrible. It's like my long game. <laughs> So that's why I've, I think I've retired the club. But you're the, consistent. Yeah, consistent. There you go. Inconsistent. Thanks, Chanel. Okay, we want you to have a look at this. A once-in-a-lifetime moment for a young Calgary boy who got to see Sir Elton John in Saskatoon. Christopher was surprised with front row tickets and a custom-made jacket by his mom and his aunt. That was enough to get him noticed by the rocket man himself, who gave Christopher a pair of his glasses during the encore. The 11-year-old became an instant fan of Elton John after watching the biopic Rocket Man. His life and his music, and that's what kind of grabbed my attention. It's just awesome to actually wear Elton John's glasses. It's just, I feel really gifted to get them from him. What a cutie. Oh. The music icon posted on his Instagram that it's great to see new generations of fans enjoying his music. Elton will live forever because of his fans. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. So great. Okay, we want to mention this before we go. Uh, a big thank you to all British Columbians who helped make this Variety Week such a success. And there's still some time to make it an even bigger success. All week long, we have met incredible kids and found out how Variety has helped them from specialized equipment, therapies, tutoring, and so much more. The average grant is around $2,500. And thanks to your support, we have helped 253 Amazing. kids with $631,000 in donations. But let's raise that to 260 kids. Call 310-KIDS right now. The phone lines are still open tonight, or you can go online to variety.bc.ca. So Great work. Thank, thank you. Yeah, thank thank you, everybody. Yeah, it's awesome. Quick note on the weather. Uh, nice dry start to the morning, but we are going to be tracking some rain. Moving in for the evening on Sunday, it'll be a soggy start to Monday, but some bright spots in our long range. Thanks for joining us. Jordan will be here at 11 o'clock. Look at that.